Welcome back. This episode is jam packed. We have Apollonia Rockwell back and along with Drew Hinton, the CEO of Aero Safety, and we talk about an extremely relevant topic, training. What training is ideal for virtual? What is good for online? And what has to be done in person? Not only that, but we dive into how you can evaluate your current training program. I think it's incredibly important for safety professionals to be evaluating their program, and this conversation gives you a great framework to do that. Welcome to the Safety Pro Roundtable. My name is Stacey Godbold, and I'll be your host as we sit down each week with safety professionals to discuss different topics so you can be a better safety professional and have a safer and more profitable workplace. Let's dive in. All right, welcome back to the Sauceless Safety Podcast. I'm Stacey Godbold with Sauceless EHS Software. So excited to have Apollonia Rockwell, the founder of True Safety Services, and Drew Hinton, the founder of Aero Safety. And um, hi, guys. Hello. This is like the dream team. This is the dream team right I'm here. Pretty, I'm pretty excited this about is- it. So. Our topic for today is um, how to build your safety training program by using blended platforms. So the reason I, I'm really looking forward to talking to you guys is you are really the gurus of, you know, training, safety training in different platforms. Um, Apollonia, you, I, well, I'll let you speak for yourself, but you kind of sit in both seats in terms of like virtual and in-person training. And I can let you go into that a little bit before we get started. And Drew, you, I know you do a lot of in-person training, some virtual training, but so you, you know, you guys are, you guys live this every day. So I guess before we get started, I want to give you the opportunity to tell us a little bit about you and um, what, who True Safety is, and then Drew, I'll let you go, and then we'll get into the, the nitty gritty. Awesome. Okay. Alrighty. So yeah, True Safety, we're out of Greeley, Colorado. And just kind of like Stacy said, we do safety consulting, safety training. On the safety training side, we do in-person, uh, virtual classes, and then we have True Safety University, which is online. So those are OSHA on-demand classes like OSHA 10 and 30 and all your annual OSHA required topics. So yeah, we started about seven years ago and it's been a wild freaking journey ever since. <laughs> I'm sure Drew has crazy stories too. So yeah, it's been it's been awesome. And what about you, Drew? So Drew Hinton, uh, President and CEO of Aero Safety. A lot of a lot of similar stuff that, that Apollonia does as well, but we're on the opposite side of the country. We're based out of Glasgow, Kentucky, uh, but we do travel from we have customers in New Hampshire to Texas and Florida and everywhere in between. And we do a lot of, as Stacy said, we do a lot of in-person training. We do uh, dabble a little bit in the uh, virtual training, but a lot of the stuff is things that are more technical based. So hazmat, hazwopper training, uh, mobile equipment training that necessarily can't necessarily do behind the tr- behind a computer screen. And we want to get more involved with that. So definitely pros and cons to all these different things. So looking forward to the conversation. So, you know, I believe that if I was a safety pro or somebody that was looking at training and you've got all these options now, especially, you know, in the last couple of years, the the virtual options have become, you know, so widespread. A lot of people are offering them, but you're probably saying, like, what do I need to do? Can I offer this training online? Can I offer it virtually? Do I have to do it in person? And I know there are, 
yeses and noes, hard yeses and noes to some of those, and there are some that are maybe preferred over others. So, so I guess let's just start with um, the online platform and kind of what are your options there and what are your hard yeses and what are your hard noes and what are your maybes? I'll start just going off of something that Drew said. When you, uh, Drew and I were talking um, offline a couple days ago, I thought Drew just had a really good point when he said that people have come to him and have just been a little bit confused, kind of like you said, all right, what am I, what am I legally or obligated to do in person or virtually? And I think Drew even had a story about somebody that, you know, took online, like, one class that was a particular class that was all online and, and it, you're not supposed to do it that way like for this specific topic so you're trying to get yourself how do I how do I do this the right way and in the in compliance way so um, yeah Drew you and I can kind of chat about it I think we brought a couple of topics that came to our mind first and foremost was Haswhopper which it sounds like Drew really specializes in the technical training Haswhopper and Something that we offer a lot is first aid, CPR, AED classes. So, I mean, those are two off the top of my head, just right off the bat, that you can take these classes online, okay? So you can, can a portion. Can? You can take a portion of these classes online. But the reg state, there are certain hands-on portions. And uh, there's portions in these trainings that you have to go over your company-specific policy so that way you're following guidelines um, that are specific to you. They're not so general. And so that has to be done. For true safety, our instructors are American Red Cross instructors. So for us, we're th that first aid class is solely on um, in person for us. And that was, again, you can take it online, but you better better check yourself and just do that in in-house piece of it and Drew can talk about that the Haswhopper wanted to talk about that a little bit so Drew I know before um, I know you want to say check yourself before you wreck yourself I know that you want to say that and so I'm gonna say so it for you. you got it you got my eyes and you were like let me, so let me add that I was like can I please say it first I know that. <laughs> um, so where okay so online where are yeses and where do you need to check yourself before you write yourself <laughs> so like like Evelyn was saying there there are certain things that you can do online and use more or less like, kind of what we're talking about today the the blended method and so we should brought up Haswhopper for example that's one of the things that we we enjoy teaching you know it's, I, I, that's my preferred method is 24-hour class eight-hour class whatever it is in person but there's there's perfectly okay with you going online and doing a portion of your training program on there to cover the regulations. If you want to look at some of the requirements in the EPA, uh, if you're, especially if you're DOT, some things that are applicable to you and your industry. But then, like she like she mentioned, there's things that you have to go back to your employer and look at your site specific. So, what kind of chemicals am I dealing with? What kind of uh, emergency action plans do I have in, in place? So, what am I actually having to to take from that online training that I just taught? that I just completed, now how do I apply that to the workplace? And your, your employer may schedule that. It may take you know four hours, eight hours. It just depends on the complexity of your operations. Um, but at, at a minimum, you have to go there and get at least walk through your facility, look at these things, get your hands-on experience. And there's a couple of letter of interpretations out about uh, about that, specifically about the Haswell standard to where somebody posed a question to OSHA of, 
you know, can I use computer-based training to satisfy uh, the minimum requirements for training for Haswopper? And they, like I said, they come out and say that, yes, you can as part of your whole program. can't be a standalone training, so I can't just say, okay, go take this eight-hour Haswopper class online, and then that's, that's it. They say it's part of your program, but you have those hands-on trainings with your employer, with your safety manager, whoever that is, that will incorporate that, and that gives you the big picture. And so a lot of companies are starting to go to this. I know she, uh, Apollonia mentioned with the um, you know, CPR and classes like that, a lot of companies are starting to go to this, especially because of COVID, but also because of convenience. And so you know, maybe I can do the online portion of it again, you know, talk about the first aid, CPR, kind of the general background and, and good Samaritan laws, all the things that covered that course, and then go just do the hands-on portion. So it saves some downtime and lets me do some of that stuff at my own pace. So definitely opens up the options for the employers. But like you said, kind of making sure that there are some that you have to have that specific hands-on experience. So let's go into that virtual side because that is, it seems like that's really opened up to so many people. And... Um, so I guess I'd like to start with, you know, was this something, Apollonia, that you were doing three years ago? No, no. The, so we, we, for the oil and gas side of things, we offer a class called Safe Land, and it's just like your oil field one-on-one class, like basic hazard recognition. And that was a class that forever they were very strict about making this only an in-person class. And so, I mean, of course, right as COVID hit, we were the first um, to provide safe land virtually and to make a shift because we had to keep up with the times. And still to this day, we are the number one um, in the country to provide safe land virtually because we were the first on it and we were the first to fill our classes. So we're still offering safe land on a weekly basis and it is filled with people from all over the place and it's really exciting but um it wasn't something that we were doing Mm pre-covid but we were just all forced into it (laughs) so like what are your um are there any hard no's in virtual um in terms of like yeah, I guess talk about that, both of you. Yeah, I think, again, offline, Drew had mentioned this too. This is where maybe a lot of questions come up for, for safety professionals is what can I teach, what can't I teach? And so what you're allowed to teach in person, we're talking about the virtual side. So what you're allowed to teach, if you're competent, if you go to the regulations and you have to go through each training, each subject, And if a subject is telling you that, okay, in order to teach this class, you need to be competent. So if that is something that you already are teaching inside of your organization, then that's something that you're safe to teach virtually for your company as well. And virtual really just means we're turning on this camera like like you and I are right now, and you're opening it up yourself live to your your company, um, teaching a class like that. So um, going to virtual, doesn't mean that you're bypassing your train-the-trainer certifications that you need to have still and your competency. Um, That all still plays into um, making your decision on how am I going to teach this class. And I just, I really agree with Drew that um, if you're a student, you're the one trying to seek training, I think now is is a time to to be weary of what training am I getting? Is this person 
a certified safe land instructor? Is this person a certified um, online, I don't even know, trenching excavation instructor? Like, am I allowed to, like, if you're a student, like, question your organization that you choose and make sure that they're certified to be teaching that class. So I think that, you know, I think that plays into place. So have your train the trainer certs is my, my, my recommendation. What about you, Drew? Yeah, those, those are all good recommendations. Um, <clears throat> and to kind of just add to that, it's, you know, it's important that people understand the difference between virtual, like, like you explained, we're turning on the camera, we're still having a conversation versus just normal computer-based training or online training to where I'm, I'm going through self-paced, there's not really an instructor behind it, maybe there's a contact information. And so the virtual really takes that step up and it's, you know, sometimes we have people across the country and that's that's where I've ran into situations to where we've offered some virtual trainings to where, you know, a customer has a, uh, a facility in the Northeast up in the New England area and they also have a facility down in the South in, in Georgia. And so they want them to go together for a, a particular class. And so we do a short, it was a, you know, a couple hour class so we can get everybody together in that one place rather than making multiple trips. And kind of one, one of the things that I look at when, when I'm determining whether or not I, I want to offer, or I feel at least I feel comfortable offering a virtual class is at what are my learning objectives and what, am I, what do I have to evaluate the student or the trainee's competency in? You know, some things yeah. I can evaluate. I can evaluate you on virtually. You know, there's. You know, I'm, I've been seeing several, uh, even like the OSHA 510, some of the train the the uh, courses that are being offered virtually. And so I can sometimes teach a class virtually over that and still be evaluated on the other end. But you know, if I'm if I'm doing a a hazwopper, sure, there's some things that I can do virtually. I can I can look up through an ERG book or look up through a um, if there was safety data sheet and, and give you an answer and show you that I'm looking through that. But some things I can't necessarily do. I can't necessarily evaluate how well you put on a chemical suit and if you have all the seams and zippers and everything is suited up properly. And so, again, looking back at, at what, my, what my learning objectives are for the class and what are the competencies that I'm going to be evaluating those trainees and, and students in. So can I evaluate them? Through a computer, some things I can, some things I can't. So I kind of, it kind of, that's where it kind of gets into the variance on the courses. Oh my gosh, I think that brings up such a great point. Is going back to why we're trained. Like, yes, common sense, but common sense isn't also common. But it's like, think about the quality of the class and what you're trying to do with it, right? Like at the end of the day, what is training about? It's making sure that the students leave with tools that are going to help save their life on the job, or they're gonna help prevent hazards um, from happening to themselves or somebody else. Um, so, you know, really getting practical in that way. And so evaluating your training choices based off of that. I mean, like Safeland, we're set up structurally to provide that class virtually because we're able to test and quiz them in live time afterwards. Okay, so I, I completely agree with you, Drew. Even if you're doing a safety meeting virtually, um, if you choose to um, teach, maybe you're doing a new hire orientation and it's not in person anymore and you're, and you're teaching that virtually, where are your checks and balances and can you integrate that um, through a virtual experience? Is there a quiz that you could administer afterwards? Is there something you could do to make sure that somebody on the other end is a freaking 
taking away what you just taught them and how can you evaluate that as an instructor that way you as an instructor can lay in bed at night knowing that you taught a great class and but also that you weren't you weren't talking to a wall you know that people weren't checked out just how do you gauge that interactive piece of it i think is really important so that was yeah that was a great point are there any hard no's that you guys would suggest in terms of virtual I think like a heavy equipment class, obviously. I see a lot of first aid, or uh, well, yeah, first aid, but I see like a lot of forklift classes online and companies have asked me, well, could we just send, you know, Joe to the online forklift class? And that's where I just get really practical because I'm like, huh, well, you can. Uh, this company says that they do offer online forklift training, which is great. Maybe they can go through like the basics of heavy equipment operations. And I get that. You could get that virtually. But just like Drew said, you have to see the whites in somebody's eyes when you're teaching the hands-on piece that applies to that person specifically, jumping on that piece of equipment forklift, loader, whatever, and making sure that that person actually knows how to run that piece of equipment specific to their job. Like that follow-up, hands-on, practical piece is crucial. What do you think, Drew? Yeah, and, and just me coming from the fire department background, you know, we, we do a lot of, of technical side of things. So, you know, I just taught a, a rope high-angle high class this weekend up in Chicago. And I, I can't evaluate somebody on how well they tie a certain knot and if that's efficient and if they're going to, you know, be hanging up in the air and rappelling down. I can't I can't judge that. But to kind of take it up, take it to a, a further step, you know, she brought it up, uh, you know, brought up, you know, mobile equipment of forklifts. Even in some capacity, there's there's several online forklift and mobile equipment train the trainers. And so if I can't evaluate you operating it. How do I evaluate you evaluating others? Right? And so, yeah. and so um, I mean, there's 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 lots of things, that, and not only just the student aspect of it, but from 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 a, a trainer aspect of it, how do I how am I engaging the students? Right. So you know, it, it's it's easy to tell if somebody's not engaged on a you know a Zoom call or something when their camera's off. I'm going to assume that they're not paying attention. And so I've, I've had it a couple of times to where we're, we're doing a, a virtual class and I will make sure that everybody's cameras are on the entire time so I can continually see, see that. And so, you know, when I'm in a class, I can see if somebody's nodding off and I can, I can kind of get those cues of, hey, let's, you know, let's take a break or let's go out here in the shop and do some hands-on stuff to kind of mix it up. And so you don't always get that luxury, but sometimes, like I said, the topic depends on what the topic is. You know, I'm, I may be able to do that effectively virtually or in person, just depends on what the topic. Oh my gosh, I think that's huge advice for instructors listening is that you do have almost a free range since it's a little bit newer territory with this virtual world. So you're thinking, oh, all right, I have free range, but you can set those standards for your class and you should as a, as a world-class trainer, which we should all be striving for if you're an instructor. And we absolutely require, I love what what you said, Drew, we absolutely require, and you should too if you're training, that cameras are on for all of your virtual trainings. Require quizzes at the end to make sure that the takeaways were really captured. Set those standards for yourself because there is a liability, there's a sense of liability that you carry as an instructor, a sense of responsibility, and um, yeah, just 
keeping a pulse on the takeaways, keeping a pulse on the engagement, I think is huge. Absolutely. So I, it sounds like what, what I like is that there is a variety and what we're talking, you know, we're really talking about is um, a blended platform because I would, I would, well, I guess that you, maybe you suggest that um, as a safety pro, I would be sitting there and saying, okay, you've got all these options and you can kind of cherry pick and choose. Okay, we can do this virtually, but this has to be a person because I know people probably now are saying what's easier is, is virtual. What's easier, you know, um, maybe virtual, but there's some things that just really need to or should be done um, in person. So are you, do you suggest that to your customers or um, kind of what does that look like in terms of like the whole um, training program and being able to choose different platforms? Well, I'm sure Apollonia, you can probably speak more to this because I know like with the True Safety University, there are things that you can say, hey, let's, let's for time's sake or for production reasons, whatever it may be, Hey, let's go, let's go do this. Let's go do this online training. And then you come back to me, we'll schedule a time and date later on to do whatever hands-on portions. And sometimes maybe there's just a, a 15, 20 minute demonstration. And that's all the hands-on portion is. It's all dependent on what your job is. You may not have, I mean, even though there's various HAZWAP requirements and confined space, all these different things, everybody's job is different depending on what your industry is. And so, you know, you may have, like I said, you may have 15 minutes versus of, of hands-on training, you may need eight hours of hands-on training, or you may not need any. You may think you may be able to do it completely virtually, and so that's I think that's the that's the great part about these different options is we're we're utilizing all these different aspects to build our overall training program, and so our training program is not just you know a set of presentation slides off PowerPoint or just an online you know training program or a video, whatever it is. It's taking everything together, and so that that in the student or the end user. Is getting the, the best possible education using various methods. Everybody learns a little bit differently. I don't necessarily follow, and you all may have heard, like I don't necessarily follow the kind of guideline of, you know, you remember 10% what you hear, 20% what you see, whatever that may be. Everybody's a little bit different. You know, I, I may forget 100% of what I see and, <laughs> and not learn anything until I get my hands on it. And I know everybody, somebody else may be the exact opposite. And so it's just knowing what your options are as a trainer, as, a, as an employer, so that you can adapt to your students' needs. Um, you may do one class, but one month it's all virtual, and next month you may be doing it with a different group of employees and you have to switch it up and do it completely different. So just knowing what your options are is what's gonna make your training effective. Oh my gosh, I couldn't agree more. I, Drew, that was awesome. Just, I love what you said. Also that students, this is kind of what you said, like students learn different too. You learn different, the way I learn different, the way Stacy's learning is different and, and how you really retain information. And I think the best first steps you could do if you're listening today is do a um, training evaluation on your company. Like for you to evaluate your training program and say, all right, where are we already training? All right, we have a new hire orientation training. Is that sucking up your time because you're doing the same thing over and over and it's maybe that's more surface level uh, company policy based training that could maybe be streamlined by online training? Who knows? I don't know. There's a bunch of options. But just take an, uh, take an assessment of your current training program. How is it delivered right now and is it working? How about get some feedback from your freaking employees and ask them, kind of like Drew said, why don't you just get a pulse and ask, your, ask the team? 
hey, how have you liked our onboarding training? Oh, it sucked. Okay. What about, uh, what about our monthly safety meetings? Mm, like those are a little bit better. You know, get a pulse, maybe do a survey. It's December. Like let's, let's, let's look at what's going to work for next year. We have a bunch of options. It's like, we think we know what they like and we think that they, we know what, what's working and we have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Unless we ask people. Right. I love that epilogue. That's really, really good. And, and, and how empowered do we feel, or I feel, I'll just say for myself, I love being asked my opinion. I love being asked what I want. Oh my God. The the last time somebody asked me what I wanted, I about fell over because I was like, you want to know what I want? Did you just ask me what I wanted? I mean, this is insane. You know, and it's, it's, so you're the opposite of the notebook. Like, I don't know. It's not that easy. Oh, they're going to be like, okay, this is what I want. This is, you know, the, yeah, it's, it's, it's so empowering. And we can make a meme like that, Drew. Stacey, can you, can tech work on a meme like that? How do you want safety training? And then that, that clip from the movie. I don't know. I don't know. It's not that easy. Stacey's like, I know, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Was it, is it, okay, so I guess just backing up for just for a couple minutes, I think it's interesting. I want to know kind of what that was like, I guess for both of you, you know, you, I know that you went really virtually, you have a whole virtual platform. What was that like? Were you worried that people were going to be engaged? Were you worried that people were going to listen and absorb the information? I can't imagine that, that there's probably a fear there. I don't know. I guess walk me through that. Drew can maybe have a sneaking suspicion that Drew might agree with me on this. But when I started in my safety career, I hated online safety training. I despised it. I hated it. I didn't believe in it because I took the demos myself. Like I was an in-house safety person for an oil and gas construction. We had some transportation. So it was that type of business. And it, and I was like, all right, how am, gonna get, how am I gonna get my team trained? Let me look at online training options. I took all these demos and it was either death by PowerPoint, it was either the little stick figure climbing <laughs> up a ladder and then falling off. And I'm like, if I sent my guys through this, they're gonna shoot me in the head, execution style, and be like, you wasted this time of my life that I'll never get back because I took your stupid online training. So I was yeah. petrified of it. And so it honestly wasn't until these last two or three years, it was True Safety University was um, launched be a year before the pandemic and so I was very intentional on the first courses on that platform were me so I was very intentional about the course creation um, went to a studio and recorded classes but there's paused modules that you couldn't skip through and you couldn't bypass so I made the students do like a like a check mark you know and how... as a student I've done those before and that really makes me mad yeah, I know, I know. I would sell then True Safety University and then my clients would be like, Apollonia, 
Give me the bypass. (laughs) I don't want to answer questions about blood-borne pathogens. And I'm like, you don't get the luxury, okay? Like, this is... Oh, yeah. And you guys are all on rigs. Like, this is... You guys are all spread out throughout Colorado, Texas, and New Mexico. We can't... There is no option. So we can't group up for safety meetings. We tried the uh, virtual at first. And since there was no way to check at that time, I didn't have the technology to, to check if everyone was freaking paying attention in the safety meeting. So I'm like, now we all, by default, guys, since you guys took advantage of this, like now we're going to do this online training that there are now competency questions a ton throughout the class that you have to pass before, you know, going to the next level. So yeah, I was petrified and I have a sneaking suspicion that Drew might have also hated safe, online safety training at some point and still do because there's a lot of sucky training out there and it scares me. Yeah, I, th- I think I was uh, I was just ruined from the fire department with the, the type of training they tried to do online. And uh, I don't know if you all follow Jason Patton. He's on Fire Department Chronicles. But he always has, like, some, some comedy videos. And he's got one about this kind of shows the guy just sitting there at the firehouse taking a, you know, doing an online uh, computer-based training, non-virtual, and then coming back and thinking that it's kind of going through on its own pace, and then it comes back and it, it shuts off because he wasn't watching it. And he's like... <laughs> wasted an hour for this <laughs> and you know we had those at the fire department and and i just got a bad taste in my mouth from from that i know that's what it's from because you know i can't learn to drive a fire truck sitting on a computer i can't learn to do medical skills advanced medical skills sitting on a computer and so it was more just to check the box thing they weren't doing it if you know if you customize it then that's one thing but they were doing it just to check the box and it was being used ineffectively there's effective online and computer-based training, and then there's ineffective, and that particular one was ineffective. So it's a matter of, I mean, even as a, you know, if you're a safety professional or if you're HR or operations, whatever it is, you can find these online and virtual trainings, but you still need to vet those things out just like you would an in-person instructor. And, and you see if know. It's going to yeah. You In know. Five minutes. You're right. You know. Uh, uh, Sandy with HR, you know that this training sucks. So like, don't just gear off. Yeah, you know this is your ladder safety fall protection training. You know you're doing your employees a, dis- a disfavor. Like yeah. it's the truth. It's a, I just get so practical with life. Like you know if. The whole takeaway is, you know, to make sure that, that, that the employees are actually learning something. And so I think it's important to vet all of your options, vet your virtual training, uh, vet your online training. Hey, vet your in-person training. There could be, you know, you could be listening and you're an instructor and you're like, wow, you know, maybe I am just doing safety meetings and I've gotten mundane and complacent with um, being an instructor, maybe I'm not doing competency checks after my own monthly safety trainings. Go check yourself. You could be just as boring as Johnny, the stick figure, right? going up the ladder. Like it, it happens in person too. You all have gone through terrible in-person training as well. well so I think it's like it's this this dance of in everything that we do, right? We want to be entertaining. We want to or entertaining, engaging. Yeah, no, I want to be yeah. entertaining, but. We mostly want to be engaging and we want to be informative and like doing both of those things is a, is a dance. So you're right. Like checking in with ourselves or people, am I even interesting? It's not that you have to be a circus clown, but at least like 
I mean, there's empathy that you can you can give. You can give empathy. You can be um, tell stories. I mean, there's a million different ways to do it. But I I, I agree, vet those people and art is because it's all about receiving the information, and we want to receive the information, but we also want you know so that it's it depends on how that they give the information. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I feel I feel really good about that. I think we've given everybody a lot to think about. I think that there's I I would assume there's a lot of people out there saying, what do I do? What platforms should I, should I go to? So I think this is a real lot to think about. And hopefully you laughed a little bit today as well, <laughs> listening <laughs> listening to this duo that or this trio that we have going on. Jeez, we need a part two. So hopefully we need to laugh. <laughs> I feel Hopefully really good. Music. So, do you um, do you have any takeaways? I would like to give you the opportunity to just do a takeaway, um, and then we'll we'll sign off here. Drew, do you have a takeaway? Yeah. So, I think um, it made me think of it when Apollonia was talking about the, your your training needs assessment. Is I've met several customers and even been in organizations that I've worked at and started working for that some places just don't know what they don't know, and I'm not telling you to go look through every single OSHA reg and figure out, okay, who applies to this training requirement or whatever it is, but there's a lot of cheat sheets. I know I've made one for my customers, a cheat sheet for just quickly glance at, okay, this training needs affects these employees, so I don't have to go search those things. And so saying you don't know what training requirements are, are applicable to your industry, OSHA doesn't care or DOT doesn't care, EPA, they don't care what that is. And so... Sometimes it involves getting a third-party consultant. Sometimes it's somebody that's experienced at in-house and one of your own employees. But somehow or another, you need to do, like she said, that training needs assessment to figure out what do we need, where are we at now, and what do we need to do to bridge the gap to get where we're supposed to be. I think this falls great into getting our takeaways. Is I could, mine, mine falls beautifully with Drew's. Is do your training needs assessment. And in addition to that, survey your team. Like survey your boots on the ground, survey Sandy from HR, see if the training she's received has been beneficial to her as well. But in addition to this training needs assessment, see what the team is liking and not liking. It's like Apollonia, what do you want? I don't know. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want today. Maybe it'll change from Friday to Monday. I don't know. Well, my takeaway is if you don't want to read uh, Moshe Regs, I can promise you that Drew knows it. Because every time I talk on the phone with him, he's like, Drew's like, get my regulations here. Did you know that that changed to a half an inch on the 49th section of the 8th degree? And I'm like, no one knows this stuff, Drew, but you. People are going to die. So you better know, Stacey. <laughs> well, you two have, I mean, first of all, you're amazing to talk to, but you have incredible um, world-class programs that you both offer, So, um, and you're just a wealth of knowledge, so I'm hoping people reach out to both of you and see how you can you know, benefit their safety program. So thank you so much. Thank the best. You. Thank you, Drew. Reach out to us pleasure. if you have questions, but I appreciate you um getting this together Stacey. yeah absolutely absolutely all right guys have a great day you too see ya thank you for listening to the safety pro roundtable 
If you're ready to see your safety program thrive by incorporating some easy-to-use safety software, we'd love to connect further. Head to sauceswiss.com slash podcast to learn more about how our top-notch EHS software can make your job easier, safer, and your company more profitable. Again, that is sauceswiss.com slash podcast, or you can find the link in the show notes of this episode. We will see you soon.